This is Calling the Tune, a new Fee Compass podcast series on financial instruments under the new Common Provisions Regulation. This is Desmond Gardner and the Fee Compass team at EIB. Design is not just what it looks like and feels like. Design is how it works, said Steve Jobs, co-founder of Apple. Today, I'm joined by Oana Doda and Ieva Zalite from DG Regio, the European Commission, to discuss the programming and design of financial instruments under the new CPR. Oana, Ieva, welcome back. Thank you, Desmond. Hello, everybody. Thank you very much and welcome to our listeners. Let's start with the programming of financial instruments. Ieva, at the Fee Compass Conference in December, you described how in the new programming period there is a new intervention rationale. What do you mean by that? This is a very important question, especially now when the managing authorities are actively working on the new programs. In fact, it is uh, one of the major novelties in the next uh, regulation, which is um, better integrate this delivery tool in the overall architecture of the programming uh, by dividing the very extensive exante assessments that we know from 2014-20 into two major building blocks. And what I mean by that is First and foremost, managing authorities have to make market assessment and evaluate their investment needs to see what are the synergies and complementarities with other forms of support. And uh, the second block will then focus purely on exante assessment for financial instrument implementation and delivery. For the future analysis, it's important to emphasize that analysis of market failures and investment needs is equally applicable to any form of support. The managing authorities will have to justify their choice of the form of support, be it financial instruments or grants, or maybe they choose to do a combination of financial instruments together with grants. So for the future, this is a major difference as compared to the current programming period. And having done this work already at the stage of the programming, we hope that it will facilitate a much faster setup of the financial instruments and their implementation later on. That's very interesting. Oana, as a result of this approach, I think we should expect to see more references to the potential uses of financial instruments in the new programmes. Are there any particular sectors where you expect to see greater use of financial instruments in 2021 to 2027? We are seeing for the moment some draft programs and uh, we still have to discuss with the national authorities because uh, as if I explained the justification of the grant support for financially viable investments is not there yet. So we still have justifications such as uh, we are continuing to use grants because we are used and financial instruments are difficult. So our listeners should know that Digirigio cannot accept such a justification. From this perspective, yes, we expect to see a greater use of financial instruments in the next programming period. For the moment, the sector the most supported by financial instruments is the SME sector, but we still consider that even there, there is still room for improvement and more financial instruments should be used to support SMEs. 
In line with the policy objectives of the cohesion policy for the future, we are also expecting to see more support for energy efficiency, for innovative SMEs, and also for sustainable and integrated urban development. The first of the financial instruments articles of the new CPR describes the steps a managing authority should take to design financial instruments. Once the programme is finalised, the next step in relation to the design of a financial instrument is the ex-ante assessment. How does the new CPR deal with this, Eva? Are the requirements the same as the last period? Indeed, the future regulation makes the ex-ante assessment process much more simple. If we compare uh, with the provisions of the regulation of 1420, we had a list of requirements for the ex-ante assessment. For the future, the regulation includes only the necessary minimum requirements, allowing the managing authorities to decide on the implementation of the financial instruments. And these minimum requirements focus on what will be the amount of program support contributed to this financial instrument, what is the expected leverage, what are the targeted um, final recipients, what are the financial products that uh, the financial instrument will deliver, and how overall the financial instrument will contribute to the program objectives. So by reducing the number of requirements, we hope that this exercise becomes a managerial tool for the managing authorities to make the decision about the financial instrument setup and its implementation so that um, this decision is helpful for the managing authority and also for other stakeholders uh, to see how the program resources will deliver in their uh, regions and the program areas. Under the Coronavirus Response Investments Initiative, the requirement to review ex-ante assessments was temporarily suspended. Did you consider extending this to the new period? When we drafted the future CPR, we are not in the crisis, but we are already envisaging that if an ex-ante assessment which was done during this programming period is still relevant for the national authorities to set up financial instruments for the future programming period, it can be used without being updated. So my reply it is that we are not extending this possibility, but on the basis of the new CPR, this is already possible. So if the national authorities want to use existing ex-ante assessment, they can do so without any update. The Fee Compass Fact Sheet, published in May 2020 in relation to Cree, also recommended that, where an ex-ante was required, it could be undertaken relatively quickly. What are your expectations, Oana, in relation to this under the new CPR? I would say that this uh, Fee Compass fact sheet published in May is still very relevant, and I encourage our listeners to have a look on the Fee Compass website and to see how we assessed and how we addressed this issue for the ex-ante assessment. And I also think that parts of the ex-ante assessment from this 1420 period can be used for the programming, because as Yeva explained, the market failures have to be addressed at the level of the programs. So relevant information is there for the national authorities now at the level of the programs. Regarding the new financial instruments, there is a need for an ex-ante assessment, which should be a managerial tool. So 
managing authorities are free to use either the existing exempt assessments or updated ones or new ones, but we encourage them to use the knowledge which exists already in the member state. The purpose is to use the national promotional banks or any international financial institutions which could help them to have important added value for the setup of those financial instruments. Another feature is the requirement that allows contributions to be made in successive programmes. This has implications for financial instruments that will be active beyond the end of a programming period, and particularly equity funds. Previously, the regulations allowed for escrow accounts to be used, but this is no longer the case. Eva, how do you expect managing authorities will take advantage of the new rules? I think it is a great opportunity uh, for the managing authorities and, in fact, a great opportunity in a sense to start setting up financial instruments right now under the current programming period. We think this major new rule uh, which we have in relation to financial instruments is simpler, more transparent and flexible. And in addition, we hope that by taking advantage of these new provisions, it will facilitate very much the take-up of the financial instruments and their faster implementation. What does this new rule mean is that the financial instrument operation is approved in one programming period and its implementation continues in the subsequent period. So it means that the managing authorities, when thinking about their financial instruments and selecting uh, their financial intermediaries, they will think about these instruments as lasting longer than one programming period. So they will not have to start the setup of the instruments all over again in the next programming period. It also means that for these uh, financial instruments to continue longer, there will be a need for legal and financial agreements which foresee such uh, continuation. It means that the procurement was done appropriately and that the funding agreements envisage this continuation into the subsequent period. Another important uh, point which uh, we shouldn't forget is that in each programming period only the eligible expenditure related to that uh, period is declared to the Commission so that we avoid situations of declaring the same expenditure twice. So I think those managing authorities which are thinking about financial instruments and that they think there is an opportunity if they start it today, can set up these financial instruments with a, a future vision into the next programming period. And finally, is there anything else we need to know about programming and design under the new CPR? I think the articles are fairly clear and straightforward and they're designed to keep maximum flexibility. Is this correct, Oana? Indeed, it was our purpose to have clear and flexible articles. I would like also to draw your attention to two aspects based on the questions that we have already received from member states. One aspect is linked to the market failure to be addressed by the financial instrument. Financial instruments should provide support in line with the policy objectives to cover the identified market failures at the level of the underlying programs. 
The condition for the market failure has to be fulfilled at the level of the financial instrument and not at the level of each final recipient. There is no requirement to show that for each final recipient there was a lack of sufficient funding from market sources. The second aspect refers to the fact that financial instruments should not be used for refinancing purposes. Financial instruments should provide support for investments or parts of the investments which are not physically completed or fully implemented at the date of the investment decision. Thank you, Oana Ieba, for taking part in this interview. Thank you very much, Desmond, and thank you very much to the listeners. We hope that this was useful. And I would like to say that we are waiting now to see feedback from the national authorities and to see if the design we envisage works in practice. And thank you very much from me as well. And I would like to say and hope that the new rules that we presented today will help to set up the financial instruments faster and also to accelerate their implementation later on. A big thank you also to our listeners for tuning in today to this episode of the Fee Compass Calling the Tune podcast. If you have any questions, please send us an email at info at feecompass.eu. Don't forget to follow us on social media and look out for the next episode on the combination of financial instruments and grant. Have a good day, everybody.